You're listening to the Capital Minute, where we are teaching citizens about God and government minutes at a time. And on this episode, we are continuing our discussion about rulers' interactions with God, but not just any kind of ruler. The rulers and leaders that don't see eye to eye with the one giving them instructions. And Pastor Perry, you're fleshing this out in the Old Testament and getting into the book of Psalms, not to be confused with the book of Palms, which someone on TV recently made up, I think. So, Pastor Perry, please unpack these deviant leaders' mistakes so our listeners can gain some wisdom from their mistaken mindsets. Yes, you know, if last time was called Prime Ministers and Big Bazookas, we might call this week Rogue Ministers and Big Fists. Because we saw last week that government, civil government is called a minister of God for the good of the people. So the civil government is to serve the Lord our God. And really the silly statement, oh, we don't want a theocracy. Dr. Tony Evans says in Dallas, Texas, he says, oh, you're too late. God has already declared I'm king of everything. So he does reign and God's people need to start acting like it. Now, we don't want an ecclesiocracy where one church like the Church of England ruled the whole country. And so that's why we have separation of church and state and not creating one national denomination. But the civil government is to serve God, to be a minister for God, even using things like big bazookas to punish evildoers. But today we are going to look at Psalm 2, and we're going to see actually the exact opposite. I went through this chapter actually by Zoom because of coronavirus with my state senators in a Bible study months ago, and we just read through this powerful chapter on the interaction of God seated in heaven and the kings of the earth who should be ministers for him, but instead, as we'll see, they've got fists raised to heaven. They don't have big bazookas to get the bad guys, as Jocko Willink, the Navy SEAL, calls them. A bunch of bad guys out there. Let's go get them. I love his uh, Navy SEAL talk <laughs> of how he fought in Ramadi and other places. Because as an arm of the government, whether it was rocket launchers or big bazookas or automatic rifles, they serve to go get the bad guys as part of the government. So let's look at Psalm 2, there's 12 verses in this psalm. I'm mainly just going to read it, Nate, and we're going to see how the nations, instead of serving God as ministers, are fighting God. And, oh, Lord, as a minister of the gospel, I see this so much in a deteriorating America. And I'm calling us to stand up, to speak up, to, to revise this rebellion and to return to sanity and a good government. My prayer is, good God, give us good government and let us not be like the kings of the earth in Psalm 2. Well, here we go. Verse 1. Why are the nations in an uproar or why do the nations rage and the peoples devising a vain thing? Verse 2. The kings of the earth, there's our political leaders, they take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So government leaders are supposed to be servants of God. But now here, these kings are prideful. And instead of serving the God who ordained their office and gave them throne, 
they're fighting against the very God that they need to be serving and submitting to. So they take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed, in Hebrew, Messiah, Meshua. Verse 3, these kings say, let us tear their fetters apart. Who's the plural of their? Well, it's God and his Christ. We would say, looking back with a New Testament reflection on the plurality of the one God that is seen all throughout the Old Testament, beginning in Genesis, we would say, well, this is God the Father and his anointed Christ Messiah. So again, in verse 3, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Who's God to tell us what to do, say the government leaders, the rebellious kings of the earth? Verse 4, look at the reaction in heaven. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord scoffs at them, these kings in rebellion, these kings in rebellion with their fist toward heaven. Verse 5, then God will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, so God is willing to rebuke kings and political leaders who are not doing governmental servants who are not serving him. And boy, his wrath will come. And so it is a fearful thing to have. It is a fearful and sobering thing to know that you answer for God if you're in political office. Halfway through verse 6, God the Father says, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Mountain in the Hebrew Scriptures is a reference to a governmental structure, a high, exalted, powerful government. So God the Father has God the Son, his king, installed at a supreme spot in his government. Verse 7, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. The Father said to the Messiah, You are my Son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. Do you remember Revelation nineteen sixteen in a previous podcast where we said Jesus Christ is racing back to earth on a white stallion flying through the air, and on his thigh is tattooed and a banner across his chest, and they both say, King of kings and Lord of lords. You see, God's Messiah, Mashiach, his son, his Christ, Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah, his Christ is king, and he's king of all kings. And why are these kings rebelling? Why are these kings rebelling against Jesus Christ? As they do so, they're rebelling against God himself, because God has promised his son the nations. Verse 9 in Psalm 2 the Father says to the Son, You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. All these rebellious kings of the earth. I like to say, God is king of the earth. He's king of every soul. He's the king of the nations. Just because the nations are in rebellion does not make him not so. He's king of kings. So we in the church have every duty to prophetically call out and teach and insist and say, God is king, and the kings of the earth, why do you rage? You should submit to the king. And actually, in the last few verses, that's how this psalm ends. Now, therefore, verse 10, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Here's an admonition. Here's a exhortation to get their heads screwed on straight. 
to listen to the warning of God. Verse 11, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. There's a holy fear that should be in all of our hearts and how much more so to the kings of the earth, to governors and senators and presidents and prime ministers and queens and people in power. The command here in verse 11 is worship the Lord. I was interviewed by one of my pastors at Westside Church, uh, Pastor Virgil Walker. Shout out to Virgil. By the way, uh, Virgil, with his partner, Daryl Harrison, have the number one Christian podcast in America called Just Thinking. Well, Pastor Virgil interviewed me about the Capital Minute, and as we started to form the Capital Minute as a podcast, and he said, hey, Perry, what makes good government? And of course, that answer could last two or three hours. But just, we were out of time on his Facebook Live interview that he did with me. And just out of my mouth, I just blurted, one that pleases God, a government that pleases God. I love that answer. (laughs) I had never said that before, as far as I remember. But what a beautiful answer, and how consistent with this psalm, because if government is a minister, a servant, diakonos, run through the dust, if government is a servant of God, it needs to worship him, it needs to, government leaders need to worship him, they need to honor him and his great principles and his beautiful ethic as revealed in Holy Scripture. So verse 11 again, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. And finally, verse 12, the command to the kings of the earth who are in rebellion against him, the command is this from heaven, kiss the son, lest he be angry. Some versions say, do homage to the son that he not become angry. I like, I think it's King James says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, the verse continues, for his wrath may soon be kindled. Wow, what a contrast. In summarizing this psalm, we don't see humble governmental ministers of God with big bazookas punishing evildoers on earth. We see prideful kings fighting against God himself. So this is a call to government leaders and to citizens who see their leaders in rebellion against God and his ethic. It is time to speak. It is time to redirect their minds toward obedience and worship of the only living God. And again, his title in Revelation 19, 16 is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For the Capital Minute, this is Perry Gothier. It's seven days until Christmas. Would you like to help us change the attitudes of leaders in the Capitol? Then we humbly ask you to join us with financial help in our mission to politicians. Go to capitalstudies.org forward slash donate to give online through our secure website now. Now.